After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Mahalo, Evan. Today's guest is Chris Eldridge, president and owner of Mattress Outlet, which recently changed its name to America's Mattress. Chris also founded Portabox Storage, a transportable self-storage and record storage business, which later merged with FileMinders. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Chris Eldridge. Welcome to our show, Chris. Oh, thank you for having me. So we're going to start off with your history. Could you tell us about the first business endeavor you tried? Uh, for me, that was probably, I was back in Seattle in about, I guess, 19, uh, 1992, I guess. And I was started a young men's and boys uh, apparel company. And that, I guess, somewhat similar to a no fear, um, that lasted about a... A year, I uh, failed miserably. Was it like Pick- t-shirts and shorts and things like uh, that? Yeah, mostly t-shirts, shorts, etc. hats. And uh, that, that didn't go so well. And then uh, I didn't learn my first lesson. I started <laughs> one more up right after that. Um, that lasted probably six months and uh, didn't go anywhere. So I was sitting in Seattle, uh, I guess at that time about 26, and trying to figure out what's next. Uh, law school, business school, go get a, a normal job. Uh, and eventually uh, moved back to Hawaii. So you did that right out of college or during college? Uh, surely about four years after. Prior to that, I was in sales in T-shirt and apparel. Okay. And then when you moved back to Hawaii, what happened? Um, I was basically, again, looking for uh, back to go back to school or find something. And I uh, came across an idea of uh, starting a factory second mattress outlet. And I was back in Hawaii and ran into some people. And they kept asking me why I wasn't moving home and et cetera, et cetera. And I said, you know what, I got to take a shot. So I uh, moved home in 1996 to, to start that. What gave you the idea for secondhand mattresses? Um, they're actually just, I should say, factory second mattresses. Oh, okay. so, so they're just uh, blemishes or flaws from the factory. But I, uh, I okay. knew someone in Seattle doing that and um, decided, hey, that would be my way to, to get back to Hawaii and uh, found a, uh, a location out by uh, the old Costco in Salt Lake and open shop with my pickup truck and sold by day and delivered by night for uh, the first year to get started. Oh, so you're just a one-man show then? Uh, for the first year. Yeah, every, every day. So, so be so. like, ring this up, but you're talking to yourself? That's right. Sold by day and, and, and book my deliveries. <laughs> Extra cash to, to go to the hard rock that evening. <laughs> so you weren't tired? I mean, were you tired back then or what? You know, I, I think at, at, at that point you... You work hard and you face the the pressure, but uh, it's obviously a lot easier when it's for your when it's for yourself. And how how was how was the um, were there any difficulties with this market? Um, you know, at, at first we felt um, immediate pressure from. At that time, there was really one big player in town that dominated the market, so we felt some initial pressure from them. But um, but really, we weren't competing. We were a factory second outlet in the bottom of a warehouse, so. Um, to say it was even competition, um, it really wasn't. So, you know, more, more just, uh, I think, the normal um, 
crises, problems anyone has in starting up a business. So what kept you going then? I mean, when when two businesses didn't really go where you wanted to go, what what kept you going? So you said, I'm going to try something else you, and you go know, through I, all the pain, right? Well, I think when I, when I, the difference I saw there is, um, you know, I'll, I'll never do a, something that I can't control. And with the t-shirt business, I'm not an artist. And so I was out there selling it, but I really wasn't in complete control of my my own uh, destiny, I guess. And so this is something I felt, hey, everyone needs a needs a mattress. So uh, I'll give it a shot. So what was the turning point for when the company just started to grow? Because you guys went from, what is it, three stores to 17 in the last year and a half? Um, I think it was probably, we, we ran out of the kind of the factory outlet um, mode for about two and a half years. And at that point, I think really to expand, you need to capture a uh, one of the major brands. And uh, so slowly, about two and a half years after that, we were approached by uh, Serta and um, began selling one of their off off price um, mattress uh, selections. And then about three and a half years, I guess three and a half years ago, we opened up a traditional retail shop with a sort of perfect sleeper, et cetera. And uh, from there, it's been quick. Went from probably at that point, uh, one, then that first year added two more stores. And again, I think in the last two years, we've added uh, about 16. And you're not just in Hawaii anymore. Right? Uh, currently, we have uh, three stores in Washington, three in uh, Reno. Uh, seven in Sacramento and seven in Hawaii. Man, so how are you? How are you managing your time? How do you manage the stores in all these different locations? You know, for for us, we really have uh, we have a regional uh, manager in each area, and I also have a um, an operations partner. So myself, my personal role is more I oversee all the accounting, the business uh, development, real estate, and and really now I have the time to do work on uh, team building, core values, um, and I guess. My major focus now is aligning all of our team members' goals and efforts um, al- along with the uh, company's goals. And, and really the, the communication, I, you know, with modern technology, conference calls, um, I get up uh, and, and see them once every two months or so. But um, the day-to-day, I have a partner who kind of handles the day-to-day advertising and sales. When you first um, started with your different business adventures, were you with your wife currently? Uh, no, I was not. So, okay. I, yeah, just I've uh, been married four years. Okay. So. Yeah, because I was wondering what her support was because, you know, sometimes guys go into new businesses and it fails and they try something else and it fails and it's really hard on the family. So I was wondering. It's just me and my dog. Okay, good. Good. He <laughs> <laughs> was, was good support. He sat by me, good, good and bad. <laughs> Dog's man's best friend. Yeah. So, wait, so how did you manage doing the file miners thing too? Um, that was a kind of a transition after about uh, after the first year of uh, doing the mattress business. At that point, I didn't really see any way to expand because I didn't have the opportunity to purchase uh, by Serta. Um, so I had seen the transportable self-storage business um, also up in Seattle and um, started that, uh, must have been in 98. And with that, that was the first time I went out and raised, uh, raised some money for partners, got a, uh, a, a bank loan. And we started that um, at a warehouse in Kalihi, I, th- I think, in '98. Okay. And then, how do you measure growth for something like that? Is it by customers or clients? Um, or? F- for us, it's a little different. It's a transportable self-storage. We'd bring a five by eight by seven foot container to the people's home. They would pack it, then we bring it back to a warehouse, and we actually would stack them three high in regular commercial warehouse space. So you're not, ba- you know, basically tripling the uh, the uh, volume you get, I guess, out of that that warehouse space. We have a special truck and a forklift that would transport the boxes. 
And then if they want it back, you bring it back? Yeah, you would deliver it back or they would come down to our warehouse and access their uh, their goods. So what was the life of that business? Because I know you guys recently sold that off. Uh, did you build it up to a certain point and then you you knew that you were going to sell it or uh, opportunity no, arose? What what happened? Yeah, we, we started with the transportable self-storage and we grew that. And then almost by accident, um, a client asked us if we would store uh, records, paper boxes of uh, you know business records. And, of course, being a good salesperson, uh, yes, we do. So we uh, we ended up taking all of the clients' uh, record storage boxes and piling them into porta boxes, and we had a uh, you know handwritten sheets to tell us where each box was. And Murphy's Law, it was always the the box they needed would be the bottom right hand corner, and we'd be there till eleven o'clock at night trying to pull the boxes and get it delivered in our cars. But uh, you know, slowly but surely, we realized that that was a business that, when it's business to business, we were able to target our, our, our sales, I think, rather than just waiting for the phone to ring from, uh, from an ad in the yellow pages. So we really ended up focusing our efforts on growing that side of the business. Um, did that for two years, and we're making some big inroads into the market and um, ended up merging or acquiring FileMinders, which at that time was the largest record storage company in the state. And, and then what happened after that? Uh, we um, ran that for... About two years, and we uh, we actually doubled the size of the business in the in, a, in the first year and a half. And then um, thereafter, was approached by someone in the business from the mainland about uh, coming in and uh, taking over the operation. So that's actually pretty um, perfect timing because you were able to focus more on America's mattress at that point, right? Yeah, it was getting tough, and I, I'd say that where I felt um, I wasn't able to develop a, a team and a, and a culture as we started getting you know fifty employees in the mattress company and. 30-something on the storage side. There just wasn't enough time in the day to um, accomplish all my goals. I kind of felt like I was doing 20 things, 75%, um, instead of just grabbing a few things and doing them doing them right. You mentioned with the Portabox business, you sought out partners. Um, how did you go about doing that? Was it friends or...? Yeah, my, my original it? group was, um, you know, although many people say, right, don't do business with friends and family, it was... Uh, a close, uh, close-knit group of my friends and classmates um, who ended up um, being investors in the, in the company and actually then continued um, some as we grew, joined the company and uh, joined the operations team as well. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Chris Eldridge, president and owner of America's Mattress. America's Mattress is growing rapidly. In the past year and a half, they've grown from three stores to 19 stores. Chris also founded Portabox, which later merged with FileMinders. 
When you're trying to manage between two companies, uh, how did you prioritize that, your time? Wherever the fire was hottest. Okay, so it's mostly just I, I mean, fixing problems. Yeah, really it was um, it, wherever, the, you know, wherever there was problems or um, where I didn't have someone, uh, another person in the company that could, could handle that. So I had a lot more support on the uh, storage side. I had two operation uh, partners that were um, you know, also owners of the company along with me. And uh, so there was, it was easy to, to share that workload, where at first in the mattress business, it was really just, just myself. So in the mattress side then, when you're, you're focusing this time on the file minders, how did you focus on the mattress side and, and grow that? Um, you know, I, I think if I, if I look back, it's if you're good to the people, and I was, had a bunch of loyal people, even when, the, when times were hard, they come through for you as long as you come through for them. So um, I was able to grow, and they, they put up with it, and I, I made it worth their while. Huh. So initially you cold called for file miners. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was just uh, grabbing the you know, Pacific Businesses book of lists and the phone book and just one by one hammering, I think, uh, also uh, using contacts. Luckily in Hawaii, it is a small, somewhat of a small-knit business community, and uh, I think uh, if you get out there and uh, make a lot of contacts, I did uh, much more than I do now. I, I think I went out to every single event, social event that I could ever go to, whether I wanted to or not, and had my business cards and, you know, made sure that I uh, got the word out. So what did you do? You go to the event, what, what do you do? You, do you see somebody and you approach them, or just by chance you meet somebody? I think it's a, it's a way of you, you, um, you, know, you, you seek out people that you want to do business with, and um, most people, I guess, in a regular conversation ask what you do, so you get a chance to, uh, to sell without, without having to approach them or make a phone call or a cold call, I guess, a little more of a soft sell. So what's the pitch for file miners then? If I'm, if I'm meeting you at a party, I ask you what you do, what, what's your pitch for me if you wanted me to be your client? Uh, for us, uh, I think with all the different uh, regulations and, and new laws these times, you have to actually really make sure your information is secure. Um, we felt we were definitely by far the most secure record storage company in the state, um, especially banking and uh, hospitals, uh, government, etc. There's definitely a lot of regulation now. So, I mean, for us, really, it's security, knowing that your documents are secure. Also, um, we do it for a, it's less expensive than storing it in one's office or their own, their own warehouse space. So, so prior to your company, were, were there other companies that were doing this? Yeah, we were just a startup as Portabox, and there was several other companies in the market, and uh, we started growing quickly and then finally got to a point that we um, you know, made a move and merged with uh, FileMinders. Do you think it was the com um, customer service that really helped you folks grow rapidly? Uh, I, I think initially that was my pitch. That I felt that most of the companies in Hawaii treated it like a, a moving business, and, hey, we got your boxes, and that's it. You can't get it out. Um, where we, we really tried to pick up the customer service and hey, if they didn't like our service, we were willing to uh, you know, let them move on to a, a different vendor. But I think that that, uh, that focus on it, treating it like a traditional know, customer, taking them out to lunch once in a while and having a relationship, a relationship with them really helped. So if, if you're a newer business, you're looking to get clients, how did you determine which were going to be your, your um, potential clients? I mean, in, in, in that business, I just look looked in, there's different industries, I mean, the, the hospitals, the banks, um, law firms, they traditionally have had the most boxes, so we just went on the list, basically. I mean, there's, again, the book of lists is a good, a good source. Start at the top and work your way down. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. 
After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Chris Eldridge, president and owner of America's Mattress. Chris, you had mentioned earlier that you had done some cold calling to get some customers to increase your business. Could you tell us a little bit about your cold calling experiences? Uh, good old, good old cold calling. Uh, no, no one likes to do it, but uh, for me, I, I honestly, um, I would always do the cold calling. Usually after I, you know, I got up, had a good night's sleep, uh, probably got a workout in, so I was energized. Um, so I first al- thing in the morning. Yeah, I get in first thing in the morning, never on a Monday. Don't bother anybody on a on a Monday. They're usually catching up from the weekends, uh, fires or you know, real busy that first day. But um, uh, the other thing I always like to do is uh, always stand. I, I uh, never sit down. I think it, your voice projects a lot better when you're standing up. And uh, and really, it's almost like you're going to you know a sporting event or something. You gotta psych yourself up and uh, and not be discouraged because uh, you know. The success rate is very, uh, very few and far between. Did you wear a headset, or you you actually have a phone in your hand? Uh, in that time, I, I didn't have enough money for a headset. I just, I just had my my cell phone, I think. <laughs> so prior to doing that, you mentioned that you did sales in Seattle. Did you um, do cold calling up there when you were doing sales as well? You know, I, I did, but it was from a very established company um, where I, I I'm for the most part had an established clientele, and I serviced that. Uh, those accounts and tried to grow them, but not too, not too much of cold calling, a little bit. So how about some tips if somebody's doing these calls? What what kind of tips could you give in order to get past you know what they call the gatekeeper or to actually get someone's interest? I mean, what was your te- what was your um, secret sauce? You know, again, if if I look back at the file miners, not many times was I successful with just a cold call. I usually ended up. Um, I mean, actually, if it was a say it was a a law firm I wanted to do business with, I mean, I. I sought out if I saw one of the partners' names associated with a charity event. I went to that event and I, you know, almost figured out. I figured out how to meet people, and then usually, or I call, I called around and asked my partners or friends, "Does anyone know someone here?" Just to get a foot in the door. I th- I think it's real tough to just pick up a phone and and get past. Um, if especially if it's a large company, to really get your foot in the door. I mean, you're you're limiting your chances, and I think if you, a lot of times, if you fail the first time, it's tough to get back in. So I tried to plan a little bit more ahead instead of just picking up the phone. I would, you know, look at every executive in the company, anybody who worked there, and email all my friends, family, business associates. Does anyone know someone at this company in in Hawaii? You know what? Most of the time, someone knew somebody just to get me in the door and a little bit, uh, I guess, a welcome reception versus, uh, you know, just shut down immediately. Because I, I think it's hard to, if you get shut down, then you figure out a way to get in. That person's going to felt that someone from the top kind of pushed you pushed you in. So re- real carefully, um, kind of soft sell, especially in Hawaii, but use your, use your resources, I guess, be resourceful. 
co-calling is a little little of advertising. And the the other day I was driving out to the leeward side, and I noticed that America's Mattress had someone standing on the street waving a sign, saying, "You know, come in for our blowout sale." I was just wondering about that advertising. Um, does that type of advertising work? And uh, yeah, I think it really, and it's back to kind of my roots, guerrilla marketing. And you know, when I started, there was no there was no money in the budget. I had a uh, two vans that I bought for five hundred dollars that didn't run really i painted them yellow and put banners on them on the on the uh on the corner of the uh out in front of our store and we have sign waivers and um i think as i was away from the business we went somewhat away from that but now if you go to sacramento there'll be at least uh every day five sign waivers around bringing people into our stores and and usually they'll um a lot of them have a sheep costume on kids that's the uh Serta logo is the uh the sheep so they uh kids like it and it's a you know, so makes people laugh right so how did you guys get into the expansion period you know you went you were at you know one store for such a long period of time and then you added on two and then boom you're adding on 15 seven you know uh, um you know it was re- it was really um uh somewhat but it, it was more you gotta always be moving i think especially if you have it in your i guess any kind of entrepreneurial spirit you get get bored fast so it was mattress then the storage business once the storage business uh kind of peaked, uh, it was time to add some mattress stores. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Neptune Nights, we're feeling fine. We're staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptune Nights, the sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party, or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Chris Eldridge, president and owner of America's Mattress. America's Mattress is growing rapidly. In the past year and a half, they've grown from three stores to 19 stores. Chris also founded Portabox, which later merged with FileMinders. Today, Chris also shares with us his success with the community through donations to Helping Hands, a variety of silent auctions, and fundraising for Punahou. Could you tell us about your involvement with Helping Hands? Um, well, America's Mattress, we, um, every year, uh, Helping Hands Hawaii um, needs a, a, about, a, boy, I think over 100 beds that they uh, place in, in, uh, with families in need. Um, we've gone ahead and actually uh, supplied those below, below our cost and provided delivery for them, um, I guess, for about three years now. 
I think it's a real, real great organization in, in helping our community. So that was just something we thought we could uh, get involved with. Did they help? Did they find you, or you found them? Yeah, they actually found us and, and made a call. And um, and really, I th- were very fair to us, and you know, wanted to uh, wanted us to be able to make you know at least make a little money on it. And in turn, we felt obligated to uh, to uh, give them a, you know an extra special deal, and uh, at least they were able to get a few more beds. So what what do they do with the beds then? Um, you know, I don't. I really don't don't know the details. They have a, a warehouse for basically families in in need. They provide, I think, all kinds of things for families in the community. Um, I, I don't know exactly the process or who qualifies. but uh, Could you tell us about your involvement with the fundraising for the Nature Conservancy? Um, we, I do uh, probably outside of uh, work. I do some fundraising for the uh, Nature Conservancy of Hawaii. And, and really just my role as part of a team of uh, attracting businesses to join their corporate council for the environment. And uh, we go out and try to find uh, companies um, in Hawaii that are uh, want to support the Nature Conservancy's efforts. So that's almost like cold calling again. Uh, it is, but we usually, again, we divvy up, uh, you know, the, the contacts. Do you try to find somebody you know? Um, and, and most of it's you, you would approach uh, businesses where you knew someone at that business. And then how about these organizations like YEO, Young Entrepreneurs Organization, that you're involved with? What value do you see in joining something like that? You know, I, I find my value in that. I mean, f- first of all, overall, the uh, the organization puts you in contacts and uh, with entrepreneurs and b- successful business people all over the world. Actually, um, they have uh, all kinds of different universities and educational uh, events that you can attend. And and locally, um, basically, you you are placed in a uh, a group of your peers, anywhere from seven to twelve uh, members, and you share your you know all your business dealings, and it can be business personal, but you really have almost a uh, a separate board of directors um, that gives you feedback. That you, I guess I would say uh, your family and friends sometimes tell you what you want to hear, but this group uh, you can really use them as a sounding board and, and get great feedback on people who are sharing similar experiences, whether it's uh, business dealings or obviously life as a an entrepreneur. You're, you're spending a lot of time working. How do you manage? work and family, uh, cash flow, um, failures, et cetera. So uh, it's a great, great organization. I think. Have you found it made, it's made a big difference in your business? Uh, you, know, you know, for me, it's, um, it's a, also a lot of the little things. It's just um, you're sitting there talking to 10 other people who do business and, you know, how do they, what cell phone company do they use? Uh, how do they do insurance to, if you have a huge um, you know, whether I was going to do my expansion, how to fund it. Do you go out and raise money? Do you borrow from the bank? And you really get it. Uh, the whole thing is evolved around not advice, but experience sharing from all these individuals. So, again, you're not getting advice. You're, you're listening to people. What did they do in the same circumstance? What happened? What did they learn? Um, you know, what were their successes? What were their failures? And then you can take that in and adapt it to whatever you're going to do. It's almost like osmosis to an extent, right? Yeah, it really is. You take, you take what you want out of it and... Uh, you know, some of it you can, I guess, put your own spin on and leave behind. But it's been a real good success. Okay. Well, that's that's the key. You know, hang out with successful people and mm-hmm. that's hopefully right. become successful. Resourceful again. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii. <laughs>